welcome to the Hope for the Animals podcast, sponsored by United Poultry Concerns. I'm your host, Hope Bohannock, and you can find all our past episodes by going to our website, hopefortheanimalspodcast.org. This is the ninth installment of a series that we're calling the Reason for Vegan series, where I expose the truth about a specific aspect of the animal agriculture industry and help to answer the question of why we are vegan. On today's segment, I'm going to talk about fish and the fishing industry. This is the second part of a two-part series on fish within the larger Reason for Vegan series. So number eight and nine are dedicated to fish. In the last one, number eight, I talked about the emotional lives of fish and the latest science on their cognition and sentience. If you haven't heard that one, I encourage you to check it out. You can listen to it after this one. The order doesn't really matter. But in this segment, I'm going to talk about the fishing industry and how we kill fish. When vegan educators talk about the mass killing of fish, it's usually in the context of environmental impact. And that is certainly important as we are wiping out what was once a boundless and abundant amount of fish in the oceans. And that massive decrease is having detrimental effects on our oceans and on our planet. So I am going to talk about that. But what I want to focus on is the way we capture and kill fish and why it is unethical and cruel. So in the last segment on fish, number eight, I established that science has overwhelmingly come to the conclusion that fish feel pain and suffer when they are physically harmed. They suffer in much the same way as any other animal or avian or human does, and they also experience fear and anxiety in much the same way. So please keep that in mind as we go forward. So let's get into our discussion about the fishing industry. And just a note, you can say fish or fishes, both are acceptable, and I will use them interchangeably. Fish have zero federal protections in the United States. They are not covered by the Animal Welfare Act or by the Humane Methods of Slaughter Act. Not that these laws are comprehensive in any way. There's still a ton of suffering under these so-called protections. But at least it's something. It's acknowledgement uh, that animals are suffering in the industry and some attempt to minimize it. But fish are completely exempt as are birds, for that matter, chickens and turkeys as well. Most state anti-cruelty laws don't include fish either, so they are they're really one of the least protected animals on the planet with no laws regarding how they are caught or treated or killed. The number of fish killed each year far exceeds the number of people who have ever existed on Earth. Now I'm going to say that again because it is just really kind of unbelievable to think about. The number of fish that we kill each year on this planet far exceeds the number of people who have ever existed on earth. It's estimated that 100 billion farmed fish are killed globally every year, and then about another one to three trillion fish are killed in the wild every year. These numbers are just staggering. It's a brutal mass killing 
on an unimaginable scale. The technology has gotten so advanced. There's sonar and satellite navigation and GPS and depth sensors and detailed maps. The fishing industry will send out spotter planes and helicopters that will go out and search for large schools of fish and then radio back to the boats where the fish are. Humans are the most dangerous and deadly predator on this planet, and the fish have nowhere to hide. $35 billion in U.S. government subsidies goes to the fishing industry each year, which is just a travesty and a waste. So I want to get into some of the methods in which the industry kills fishes. One of the most common fishing methods now is netting fish. Where deep sea trawlers, these industrial boats, go really far out deep into the ocean and they drop miles and miles of netting. And those fishing nets scoop up just everything in their path non target fish, marine mammals, seabirds, everything gets trapped in the nets and killed. They haul up all of these sea creatures onto the boat decks, and most of the fish suffocate to death if they're not crushed by the weight of the other fish. It's such a violent process. Many fish are injured. Suffocation from being taken out of the water is similar to us drowning. It's a prolonged, scary way to die. It can take up to four to five minutes. And when you are in severe distress and intense pain, that's a very, very long time. Something that I think most people don't know is that deep sea dwelling fish can suffer from what's called decompression from being netted. So what decompression is, so many fish have gas-filled swim bladders that function like a buoyancy control. The bladder expands when they want to go up closer to the surface, and then the bladder deflates so that they can dive down deep. But it takes time when they're swimming up and down for this bladder to uh, increase and decrease in size. And when fish are hauled up in these nets from deep in the ocean very quickly, it can engorge their bladder, filling it too fast, too quickly, and it can press against the other organs, causing organs to erupt or collapse. There have been numerous studies done, actually, on the injuries that are sustained by decompression when fish are caught and pulled up quickly, both commercially and recreationally. And it's really a gruesome list of injuries that can occur. There can be esophageal inversion, the esophagus turning inside out and coming out of the mouth. Their eyes can bulge out of their sockets. They can have internal hemorrhaging, organ tearing, organ damage, prolapse where the rectum turns inside out and emerges from the body. Ugh, and I will remind us here that fish have been scientifically proven to suffer and feel pain just as any animal does. Okay, so another method of fishing that I want to talk about is longline fishing. Longline fishing is different than netting. Longline fishing is where they take a very long line, just as it's named, and it can be up to 60 miles long. And about every four to six feet, there's a line that comes down from the main line and has a bait and hook under the water. 
And there can be up to 2,500 hooks along the line. These things are really long. Once a fish eats the bait and is caught on the hook, they're not immediately pulled out of the water like it would be with recreational fishing on a fishing pole. No, they are left there for hours and they're struggling and pulling and wherever the hook has hooked into their body, whether it be their stomach or their esophagus or their throat, they're pulling and fighting that hook, trying to get free. That can go on for hours and hours. Uh, sometimes they're eaten by predators. They're unable to escape predators. They can't swim away. They're just helpless there. It's awful. And they can linger like that for hours or even days. If they survive all that, then they're hauled onto the boat to suffocate out of the water. Long line fishing causes an incredibly prolonged suffering and death. Some very unfortunate fish are still alive when they make it to the knife and are being cut up alive. There was a study done on fish slaughter, and it found that the degree in which a fish suffers when being cut, either sliced through the gills or being decapitated and bleeding out, the degree that a fish suffers can be considered very high by this study from being cut up alive. So some other ways that fishes are killed, uh, one is electrocution, the other is being put on ice and left to die, which is just a prolonged suffocation. These two methods cause immobility before a loss of sensibility. So the fish can't move, she's uh, frozen and, you know, paralyzed from the electrocution or from the freezing cold of the ice. So it appears that she's not suffering, but that's not the case. She is still feeling everything. A similar thing happens with chickens. When chickens are slaughtered, uh, they are put through an electrified bath, electrified water is sprayed on their bodies. And this is to uh, release the feather follicles so that the feathers are plucked out more easily. It renders the chicken paralyzed, but they still feel everything. They're still feeling the throat slitting and all that's happening to them, uh, even though they can't move. This has to be so frightening. I can't even imagine that that you wouldn't be able to move or struggle against the pain and against what's happening to you and your body but you're still feeling everything. It's got to be horrific. So I do want to talk about fish farming. Fish farming is getting more popular. Most restaurant fish is from fish farms. Fish farms concentrate thousands of fishes in tanks about the size of a small swimming pool. I've seen them before. I've been to two fish farms long ago. And what you notice as you're approaching is you're seeing these pools and there's just these small tanks in a row next to a large body of water. They always build them on lakes or the ocean and that's where they get their water. And you see these tanks and they're just brown. I mean, just the water looks mucky and disgusting. And as you're getting closer, you realize that the water is really moving. I mean, there is a lot of movement in this mucky water, but you can't see through it because it's just looks like mud. But you realize once you get up 
close enough that there are just a ton of fish. I mean, they are on top of each other. These poor fish are so crammed in there. They just can't, you, they can't swim in a straight line. They're just swimming all on top of one another. And then you look at the water that they're next to, like the lake or the ocean, and it's clear and clean and just looks like normal water. So these places are really just awful. So this intensive farming of fish creates the same problems you get when you crowd together mammals for animal farming on land. These unnatural conditions, they build up the concentration of waste and it makes these fish sick. Fish farms are notorious for dumping an arsenal of chemicals and antibiotics and other drugs in the water to try to keep the fish healthy enough until they are killed. So there's concentrated, contaminated wastewater with feed and chemicals that's seeping out into the lake or the ocean or whatever the uh, body of water is, and it's killing everything around the fish farms. In Scotland, the Scottish Environmental Protection Agency, they force salmon farms to relocate every 15 years because of the pollution that they create. Sea lice is another huge problem in fish farming. Sea lice is not a huge threat in the wild, but they just thrive in fish farming because the next host fish is just inches away, so it's really easy to spread. Sea lice eats away at the flesh of the fish, so their flesh just gets eaten away and kind of rots away uh, around their eyes, around their faces. It can be extremely painful. In fish farming, sea lice is so common, a 10 to 30% loss is considered acceptable and expected. So many fish in fish farming are suffering from the distress of advanced cases of sea lice. Okay, so I do want to talk about the environmental impact of all this because we are depleting our oceans of life. A few statistics that I'll talk about, uh, seven of the top 10 marine fish species are now classified as fully exploited or overexploited. Nearly 90% of all large predatory fish in the ocean are now gone from the numbers that we had just 100 years ago. Because of fishing, we're also seeing a 62% drop in seabirds and a 60% drop in coral reefs. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization released a study in 2008 called The State of the World's Fisheries and Aquaculture, and they concluded that 80% of all marine fish stocks, that's the fish we eat, are currently fully exploited, overexploited, or depleted. And things have only gotten worse from then. So going back to the netting of fish and the miles of netting, that netting hits the bottom of the ocean at times and runs along the bottom, just clear-cutting the ocean floor and destroying coral and kelp and seaweeds and sea fans and other plant life that provide the protection and spawning grounds for fish. So that all gets destroyed. That habitat just gets completely destroyed. And for netting and longline fishing, they, they don't catch only the fish that are targeted to sell. 
that's only about 20% of the catch. Only about 20% of what is caught can be sold. The rest is thrown back dead. The industry calls it bycatch. Myself and other activists call it by kill because there are no survivors. More than 7 million tons of by kill is caught every year in these nets, on these long lines. Sea animals like the non target fish species, so maybe they're too small to sell, but also sea turtles and dolphins and whales and sharks and other endangered species, sea stars, eels, albatross, and other seabirds. For every pound of shrimp netted in the Gulf of Mexico, four pounds of bykill is destroyed and thrown back overboard dead. So I had the idea for a video that I think would be really impactful. The idea would be that someone would be sitting down to a plate of seafood at a large table, and as they're eating the seafood, on the table would lie all the other animals that were killed just for this one plate of food. So there would be maybe a dolphin laying there or a seabird like a seagull and a bunch of sea stars or, you know, a sea turtle just to show the waste of the industry. And of course, the the fish that is on the plate is just as important and shouldn't be killed either. But just to show what kind of absolute waste happens in this industry. So these nets, if there is a hole in, you know, there's these miles and miles of netting, right? And if a net gets a hole and can't be repaired or it's damaged in some way, they don't haul it back to land and dispose of it properly. No, they just cut it into the ocean, cut it loose and discard it into the ocean so fishing gear is polluting our oceans on a massive scale, and there's so many animals that get caught in these nets, and they get tangled or strangled or unable to swim, or marine mammals are unable to surface for air when they're caught in these drifting fishing nets. It's called ghost gear, and it's just deadly to marine animals. Fishing nets are made from nylon. And nylon is plastic. And it's great that we hate straws and that we have all these uh, anti-plastic campaigns like against straws and we're trying to use more compostable straws. And that's wonderful. But that plastic is just a small percentage of the plastic in the ocean. The majority of plastic waste in the ocean is from fishing gear. If we really want to help rid our oceans of plastic, we need to stop eating fish. Another aspect that is little known is that there is a ton of fish that's wasted on feeding farmed animals. One third of the world's fish catch is not eaten by humans. Much of that fish is fed to farmed animals. In fact, more fish are consumed by land animals that we kill and eat in the U.S. than by the entire human population of all the countries of Western Europe combined. What an incredible waste. So I do want to touch on the health issue because it seems that this is one of the main reasons that people keep fish in their diets, even when they've cut out other meats. Fish are seen as the healthy meat, but that is just simply not the case. 
There was a declaration issued by the world's leading mercury scientists, and they concluded that the risk posed by fish contaminated with mercury called for a worldwide general warning to the public, especially to children and women. The declaration confirms that eating fish is the primary way most people are exposed to highly toxic methylmercury, and that exposure to this toxin now constitutes a public health problem. Eating fish is the leading source of dietary mercury, but not only mercury, there's also dioxins, neurotoxins, arsenic, DDT, PCBs, PDEBs, heavy metals, prescription drugs, plastics, parasites, just a wide array of other toxins. The oceans are polluted, and so are the fish. It's sad, but it's very true. They also have what all meat has, and that is saturated fat and cholesterol, which increases your risk of chronic degenerative diseases. Of course, what everyone is concerned about now is getting the omega-3 fatty acids that's found in seafood. But the potential to get a big dose of toxins with that omega-3 is very likely and counters any beneficial effects. If you're really concerned about it, then there are numerous plant sources of omega-3s, as well as uh, microalgae-based supplements, omega-3 supplements. So you can certainly get a plant-sourced omega-3 supplement. If this is still a concern for you and you want to know more about the health issues with fish, I suggest going to nutritionfacts.org. Dr. Michael Greger, he's just a wealth of good scientific information regarding this issue and, and many other health issues. He presents the information in these really easy to understand short videos and podcasts. So I really suggest going to nutritionfacts.org if you want to learn more about the health aspect. I also think that it's worth mentioning that the fishing industry is notorious for slave labor. Human trafficking and slavery is rampant in the fishing industry. I, I think consumers of fish have no idea. People are tricked into thinking that it's legitimate work or they're just kidnapped and they're kept on these fishing vessels in inhumane conditions for months, sometimes years out at sea, and they're forced to work or they risk being beaten or starved or thrown overboard. Vegans are often accused of only caring about animals. Well, if you care about people, which most all vegans certainly do, this alone would be reason enough to boycott this horrible industry. So I'm going to wrap it up now, and some resources that I mentioned in the last segment I'll mention again here. I highly recommend the book What a Fish Knows by Jonathan Balcombe, and also the organization Fish Feel has a lot of great in-depth information. Their website's really easy. It's fishfeel.org. And I'll have links to both of these in the show notes. There's also some great Facebook groups. If you're on Facebook, there's Let Fish Live, the Anti-Fishing Campaign, Stop Eating Fish, Save the Planet. If you just do a search for fish and vegan in Facebook groups, I'm sure you could find some of them. So thank you so much for listening to the Hope for the Animals podcast. 
If you feel that this was important information, please share this podcast with your friends on your social media sites. Give us a positive rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you haven't yet, please do listen to the other part of this two-part fish segment. That would be number eight in the Reason for Vegan series. Thank you for your compassion and for caring about fishes. Please think about fish, talk about fish, don't eat fish, and live vegan. Thank you.